Palmer Bear on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Get 20% off the Brood range only at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Morena to you, Fano up there in Auckland, Tamaki Makoto. The team is back, refreshed, ready to rip in. Joe, ooh, you're looking vibrant, you're looking fresh this morning, my friend, eh? Can't wait to get an update out of your weekend week. And Neeps, happy birthday for the weekend, brother. Hope you had a good one. Relaxing, enjoyed time with friends and Fano. And uh, we'll get an update from you later. Aroha, great to have you back on the show. Hope you had a good weekend as well. And Kempi, oh, he just never stops, never sleeps. Oh, he's always there. <laughs> yeah. He's always so there. When you get old. <laughs> plenty of time to sleep soon. Don't worry about that. <laughs> plenty of time, my mate. How are you? I'm all good, brother. I'm all good. Had a good, uh, good day yesterday, actually. Cruised out to Murawai after... Our four hours on the radio in the morning, did a bit of work out there, and uh, came back and caught the last game of the Yankees and the and the Astros. I wanted to see whether or not Aaron Judge could get 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 the job done. Um, oh, bro, they're just too good. Houston were just were <laughs> too good. Honestly, they just couldn't get in a rhythm. They 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 were in front. They looked like they were going to um, steal at the Yankees, but then they just had a real bad fifteens, and and from then on, they just shut them out. Uh, the Astros, so that's them. They're in the World Series. The Astros, just uh, yeah, that should be a, a good a good series. Um, but I think Judge is on the move too. Apparently, they were talking on the telly. Um, I think the last last game as a Yankee, he's a free agent, so he's Ooh. going to market. On the market, he gonna get paid. Oh, after that season, mate, what Manning. a sweep! What 64 a home sweep. runs. Mm. Bang, bang, bang. Um, Awesome. Great to have you back too, Louis Herman. What? How are you doing, brother? Yeah, boys doing really good, actually. Um, uh, excited for a massive week. There's so much going on. So, 
Uh, I know, Izzy, later on in the week you're heading off to Australia and Aussie actually has plenty going on, the Cricket World Cup, watching plenty of that. Like Pakistan-India on Sunday night might have been one of the best games of sport I've seen. Like, we've just been treated to some classics in the last year, year and a half that I can remember and that was an absolute ripper. So, now there's a huge week this week with um, Women's Rugby World Cup. Um, We've got the the Cricket World Cup going on uh, tonight, I think. Geez, could Sri Lanka rattle the Australian cage? Oh, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine it was a crazy that. over. It was a crazy over the Indian Pakistan, that last over. No ball, you know, right down to the last ball. Had to, had to hit it over an infield. And what about the 90,000 people? I watched some, um, some socials this morning of all of the officials, the Indian officials. <laughs> oh, mate, it must, I reckon it's their biggest game. India, Pakistan, they're crazy, Shoot. absolutely crazy. You'd think that they'd won lotto, the uh, the <laughs> officials. Um, but yeah, ninety thousand people, mate, watching cricket in Melbourne. How good. ninety thousand in Melbourne? That, that's the great thing, you know. They've got fans all over the world that and are Aussie's packing not, out stadiums. Aussie, Aussie's not even playing. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's crazy, mate. They love their cricket, do the Pakistanis and and the Indians. And Virat Kohli, he's back. He's back, he inspired the Indians, changed their fortunes, had a bit of luck, let's be completely honest. There's a couple of debatable moments in that uh, wee innings that we could probably debate, eh? but at the end of the day, pressure got to them and whipped a few ball, uh, wides, a couple of no balls and, and pretty much gave the game to India. So, yeah, hell of a game, hell of a match, boys. Big show for us today, lads. We're going to talk some Formula 1 just after 7, plenty happening in Formula 1 as in Austin as Max Verstappen. Won his 13th event of the season. Ben Hunt is a gun Formula One journalist, and he spoke. We spoke to him earlier. We'll play that for you just after seven o'clock. Stay tuned for that, all you Formula One fans. Plenty going on, Red Bull. Uh, plenty going on there as well. And then after that, a story of sacrifice and change. Champion South African jockey Warren Kennedy has made the move down under to continue in his riding career, picking up his first winner. Over the weekend, he'll join the show just after 7.40, so looking forward to having a chat to, to Waza. And then after 8, is there a better time to be a Kiwi golfer at the moment? Amelia Garvey, young, young golfer, will join the show to chat about her journey. Plenty going on in New Zealand golf ranks at the moment. you got to think, Mamoka Kabori, the young Christchurch a uh, young female golfer, she just received the European um, card to play over there in the European LPGA. She is flying. Amelia Garvey, I'm predicting next, will have a big, big year ahead. So looking forward to chatting to her. She's a good young player. I was lucky enough to play a round with her. And <laughs> you wouldn't be surprised I played horrible again. Anyway, but she's, uh, <laughs> she's a good chick. Looking forward to having a um, chat to her. And then Movember, lads. Movember, Movember's coming up. We're going to talk about our little initiative we're doing as shows. Um, so looking forward to that. Big show, double eight, double three. The message has already come through. Mark's up and about. He's ready to rip into the show. 0800-150-811 on the Kenard Tire phone line. Give us a chat. Plenty going on, lads. What a, what do we make of this? What do we, what, what do we make of this? Is, do you reckon Lester Fayanganuku is going to go back over, or are they going to bring in another player? And if they do bring in another player, who is that player? What's going on? Like, 
when I read I that know. when I read that yesterday afternoon, I sort of read it like there was a like it said a family um, decision, but it wasn't. It was really vague. It was really vague. Like and it, and it basically said that he's probably not coming back. That's how the that's how the article was written. So um, you ask the question. I don't think I don't think he goes back in. I think there's something else playing out here. Yeah, I, I do too. I do too. I think there's something going on there, and he's not looking like he's going back. And if that's the case, that's the decision he's made, and um, would have been the big tour for him if he wants to push next year to that World Cup, and you know show the selectors and and everyone um, faith that's had faith in him that he can do the job going forward, then this would have been his tour, particularly this match against Japan. But no, it wasn't meant to be. So you look at the signs. Do they go at AJ Lamb? Obviously, AJ Lamb's making, played for the All Blacks 15 going forward. Mark Talia? Or do they go back to the old faithful Julian Savia and give him another crack continue feeling? I don't think they'll do the latter. If I'm going to be, if I'm going to have a pick, I'll probably take Mark Talia. Um, give Mark Talia a crack, man. He's a he's a wizard on that field. He's he, he's so slippery. He mm. can get through all these tackles. He nails his job. He's he's quick. He's good in the air. So if I was going to take someone, I'd probably take Mark Talia. That would be my selection. Yeah, he, he does go all right too. You know, um, the thing the thing with it, there's there's so much happening in that All Black side, eh? Is he? You know, a few changes, a few. A few blokes that we thought might might have made it were left out, and then all of a sudden they've got called in because of um, you know one thing or the other. It's it's whether or not they bring those other players back, and and if they do get some games up in the northern hemisphere, you know the Armours. Are we it? a little bit wary? Oh. Are we a little bit wary of this Japan side? Like Louis, I know you'll be thinking about it. Look, let's. There's been a lot of change. You got the Barrett's gone. Sammy Whitelock's not there, so you got Brody Retallick's going to take over the defensive lineouts. You've got Patrick Tuipulotu who's got to really step up. They're going to play a young side. They have to play a young side to give these guys an opportunity. You're, you're probably predicting Pedro going to start. He's going to start somewhere. You you think you're Jamie Joseph and you're Tony Brown and you're Michael Leach, who I saw in uh, Fiji, and he was running the house down, licking his lips. Knowing what Ireland did to New Zealand, the All Blacks, that aura, they got a genuine opportunity here to do something. I'm genuinely a little bit worried. <laughs> well, <laughs> which is which is unheard of, but I don't know why. It's, it's you know a little bit of doubt being sown in, like all these changes and all these disruptions. But I don't know. Interesting, interesting you raise it as you might as well just launch this. Can't wait question of the day. Because on a Tuesday in October, before Derby Day, I was gonna I was gonna ask everybody, are you mentally prepared for an all blacks test? <laughs> like are you mentally prepared for an all blacks test? Because this test against Japan is equal to every other all blacks test. It's a test. It's mm. test rugby this weekend. Yet for everything, as he just pointed out, I feel like we're just kind of cruising along, ambling along with this second-string side. Players missing. Brody Retallick said it's not disruption because it's not a Friday afternoon, so they know what they they know what their cut their stack of cards are, which I kind of get. But are you mentally prepared for an All Blacks test? Don't worry about the players just yet, but are you mentally prepared for an All Blacks test? Because once this starts, we're on an end-of-year tour. Where do you remember? 
we were debating only a couple of months ago how many how many wins they would get on this end of year tour, and if they couldn't if they couldn't nearly win four of the five games, well, we'd be seriously concerned. And everything as he's just said there, Kimpy is is completely right. Like we're going in so far undercooked, and Japan will look at this like the way Ireland looked at it, and the way Argentina looked at it is there has never, ever, ever been a great opportunity to topple the mighty All Blacks. Well, yeah, like, there has been a decent break in, in the footy. Um, there's an article come out about Jamie Joseph and, and Tony Brown being the next All Black coach, <laughs> coaching pair. So the, 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 the mind games have started playing out. I, I think of, look, I think if they ever had a chance and they've watched what's gone on this year with the Island Test and the, and the Championship, that they would probably consider themselves to be a chance at home. Um, and you've got a couple of blokes that can actually pull it apart and, and get them to understand how they can win the game. What's going to be really interesting is how who Fozzie picks and, and who he puts in the side, you know, because he's going to have to take into account what happens if it does get really tight, who's going to be able to pull it out for him with no, uh, with, with no Bodie Barrett coming off the bench. Because Bodie Barrett has, you know, he's been used in that position a number of times where he's come on and just changed the face of the game. So I hear, you, I hear, you, I think, I think Peter Fitter gets a gets a game as he, but for me, he's no Bodie Barrett. Well, he ain't got the yeah. speed for one thing. Mm. You know, where yeah, Bodie puts it down, puts it down in a gap and off a kick or something like that, and. Has just won so many games to the All Blacks. So yeah, no, I, I hear. I, I think I think everyone's a little bit nervous. To be honest, I really haven't given it a hell of a lot of thought because there's so much on. Nah. Yeah, 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 so that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I'm not mentally prepared, Lou, because right. let's be completely honest. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I'm not watching it this weekend. It's not at the forefront of my mind. So I'll watch it Sunday and get an update. But that's that's um, it. So like, it's, I think it's it'll... snuck up on me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people will be like that, is he? Oh, double eight, double three. Let me know. Eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. The Kenatai phone line needs you to come through and explain to me why you are mentally prepared. If you are, I'm not. <laughs> the only thing I'm prepared for is carnage if the unthinkable happens, which we got to co- co- stop calling the unthinkable. <laughs> Oh, when do we drop the saying the unthinkable? Oh, I know, I know. The the, the, the game that just oh. keeps on giving. You know what I mean? Well, look, I honestly, I'm I'm a little bit genuinely worried, Kev, because Jamie Joseph and Tony Brown are they are tactically and technically very smart at what they do. They will have some special plays up their sleeves that they've been building on for the last three months that they've seen Argentina, South Africa, Australia exposed. So when you're sitting there and you've just been to a camp in Beppu Oita and they've had a couple of the, the top league teams come down and play them in warm-up games and they've been battle-hardened and they're mentally... Like, oh, Japanese people are emotionally, man. They are emotional. And when they get up, they are hard. Man, they can tackle. They, they won't miss tackles. They'll take the legs out every single time that, that All Black runs around the corner. They'll just aim those knees, grass-cut them, they're small, they're, they're tough, mate. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm, if it happens, <laughs> I'm hoping it doesn't. But generally a little bit worried. What, what's I've got the point start here on the TAB website. If you guys were setting the line for this game, what would you set it at? Oh, I'd give Japan 21. Is he? Yeah, I'll go 20. 
Yeah, yeah. I was going to get 20-ish. Oh, I, I, I'm only saying this because I spoke to Michael Leach. He is Mr. Japanese, you know, and he was – I saw it in his eyes, eh? He was like <laughs> genuinely – he was genuinely confident. And I'm like going laughing, having a go, um, Fiji goal going, shut up. But then after, you know, watching Argentina and then, that, and then I was like, man, he is genuinely dead serious. He, he thinks he can beat the All Blacks. Well – TAB are giving them thirty one and a half, which if you if you're kind of along the lines of thinking that the All Blacks are underdone, they're gonna have to they I mean they have to give opportunity to guys that haven't played yet because and that's the gutting thing about Lestifying Anuku and, and you hope he's okay and you hope his family's okay, first and foremost. First and foremost, you hope everything's okay with Lester and yeah. his whanau. Um but the gutting part next is this was the game where he got to he would have played. And it would have could have set the tone for the tour. He might have got another opportunity, and who knew from there. So we'll see new players out there. Um, and I guess from there, it's what, what do you make of it? And, and where are you at with the All Blacks? Richie says the dilemma is to watch the All Blacks or the Black Ferns live. Well, they're going up against a, a Rugby World Cup. That's such a good point. They're going up against a Rugby World Cup in our home country, and it's a quarterfinal. What are you going to do? How mentally prepared are you for this All Blacks test? Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. The Kennards Hyatt phone line is there. It's nineteen minutes past six o'clock. Uh, boys, we're going to talk so much racing this week. I know, as he's already whipping pango down around the pool house. Um, it's a very exciting week. I can't wait for you, mate. And um, I'm sure you guys spoke about it yesterday. But just how good was the Cox Plate? Like, what oh. what a race! It's a one for the ages, isn't it? I backed Thunderstruck. I backed Thunderstruck and it ran huge. That white, scary face coming down the outside. But Adamo, mate, and J-Mac, just class above the rest, mate. What a ride. What a ride. People just know where to put those horses, and he knows. He you got the best, the best you got the best on the horse, mate. J-Mac at the moment. He is so good. Like Even, even Thunderstruck and that race was huge. But you go back and watch it again, mate, the kid just didn't panic. He just jumped out, sat, just... Patient and went whack. And he, Let's get us home. And you know the old saying, "Winners win." Well, he just did enough. He just yep. he knew where the line was, and he just did enough. Twenty minutes past six o'clock. Keep your messages coming through on the All Blacks, though. Are you mentally prepared for the All Blacks test this weekend? Personally, I'm not even nearly prepared. Not even nearly <laughs> prepared. Here's Kim's warehouse. Great savings every day. Back with your messages and calls after this. 25 minutes past 6 o'clock this morning. Hey, my can't wait question of the day is all about the All Blacks because it's a test week. I was just wondering, are you mentally prepared for test rugby? Are you mentally prepared for an All Blacks test this Saturday? But judging by, well, I guess your interaction, maybe you're not. And that's fair enough. What about <laughs> what about the reality that we've got a World Cup quarter final on our own shores, mm. Izzy? And I guess... The, the dilemma with, and it's a similar to the Rugby League World Cup as well. You're kind of just waiting for the semi-finals to start. Like, there's a bit of that. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. But, you, you, you know, those pool players are hugely vital and important, building that cohesion, those combinations, trying to figure out like, what is the best uh, you know, team going forward. And I think on the weekend, we, we got signs of, particularly in the front row, with our, our Blackfern side, because... Let's be completely honest. We've, we know we can compete with them ball and play, but if we've got no set piece and no line out, which Wales exposed the week before, we've got no chance. And on the weekend, we saw a glimmer of hope with our forward pack um, with Georgia um, Ponsonby, Pip Love and Amy Rule. 
they had an opportunity and they really cemented that front row stock. So look, that's what the, those pool plays are about. Now we're going forward, this is do or die. Like they've got no second chance here and all signs are showing that they're in a good headspace at the moment. Um, they're going to have to do it tough. They're going to play France if they do make to the semis and then England in the finals. So it's going to be a hell of a hell of a win if they do get it done. But they're back home and um, I'm super excited. The, the question now is, because Hazel Tubick's my favourite player. I love what she does. She's quality. She put on a solid performance. Does Rohe demand come in? Does there room? I'm, I'm expecting Rohe because she's obviously the captain and she's a hell of a hell of a player, hell of a leader. Comes in and plays 10. And then the makeshift of the back line. Does Stacey Flula, who was very, very good at that first test, come back into the fold? Who does she replace? Does she replace Teresa Fitzpatrick, who was uh, phenomenal as well? Does Amy um, Duplessis make way for, for Stace? Look, there's plenty of things to debate. you got... Alicia Latinga-Inga on the wing. Does she come in for Porsche? you got Renee Wycliffe, who scored four tries on the weekend. So there's a selection <laughs> headache. But it's that's what you want. Works, that's mate. Yeah, and that's exactly what you see, want. You want a selection headache, eh, Kempe? Because 100%. this is when it, you know, this is when, it, when you want to pick your best side. So good luck to Wayne Smith, Alan Bunting, and, and the coaching group. For this weekend, we are right behind. I'm absolutely fizz for this weekend. I was talking about it yes, yesterday about the Aussies and what they're doing off the field, you know, and, the, and it looks the same with the the Black Ferns. They're, they're building a really good culture off the field. And, and, of course, being at home, you want to be playing in front of the big crowds because they're showing up. They're showing yep. up to support the girls. And they're all playing, you know, decent enough football to all get selected in the side. So... When you're, when you're the coach, you know, Wayne Smith will be sitting there licking his lips going, well, yep, I know my girls are in form, so you know, I'll put, mm. put what I think's the best combination out there to get the job done against, hopefully, France and then England. So um, I'm watching it too, mate. I think, it's, I think it's really exciting for the girls, you know, if they can get the job done on home soil. We've seen it with England up in the World Cup, you know. Um, mm. Frankie Nicott saying, you know, in the 100-odd in the years that you've been up there, there's only been three test series the Kiwis have ever won on there because it's so hard to win there. Now, that home ground advantage for our Black Ferns should be worth a few points. Yeah, and you hope that Northland this weekend. By the way, lads, um, Kempe, you and me will be there on Friday, Whangarei, oh. at Chemist Warehouse. Yeah. You know, 54 years ago, Legend was born in that town. <laughs> <laughs> and he comes <laughs> back. <laughs> he returns. And he returns. Return. Hey, return of the Mac. You like that? <laughs> yeah, baby. Return of the Mac. Um, we'll be there, Chemist Warehouse in Whangarei, on Friday morning, and we'd love to see you if you're in the Northland area. Our Northland. Oh, yeah. We've got a couple of uh, Northland Al from Al from Whangarei. Uh, we yep. got, we got a couple of Northland listeners. We'd love to see you Friday morning. Cruise around Chemist Warehouse. The team at Chemist Warehouse will have some, oh, no doubt they'll be putting pulling out all the stops. So we hope the people of Northland get behind them this weekend. Now, Izzy, I was just curious. Are you, so you, you, uh, we're playing. I'll fly it out. No, 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 that's not what I was talking <laughs> oh, about. Hey, sorry. Gone, that's, that's not what I was talking about. Wait to out yourself. Gee, guilty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so are we we play France, the winner of France of Italy, not the winner of England or Australia. I'm pre- it's it's I've, I might have got it wrong. It might be England and then France in the final. But it's, it's either way, we're playing both because they'll both get, get their jobs done. It sure. is it is France and England, Joe. Yeah, okay, sweet. Yeah, it is, yeah. Well, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. And, and I think we're all just penciling England right through, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, well, they are. They, they are so good. They, you see them well, make short, light work of, of South Africa. Man, they're, they're pretty good. They're going to be hard to beat, but they've already come out with mind games and said, it's, a, it's New Zealand's to lose. They're at home. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of South Africa, I've got a bit of sports news for you just after. I don't have the news for Kabodity that was shaping and building New Zealand. A little bit of interesting information around the Springboks and the All Blacks. So back to the men's side of the game. I'll give you that just after this. <laughs> SCNZ, we are 27 minutes away from 7 o'clock this morning. I uh, hope you're going well wherever you are around Aotearoa. Gee, a bit warmer this morning, Kempi. Actually, we didn't get a weather report from you. Are you feeling okay about it? Yeah, yeah. no, weather's, weather's fine, mate. It's been quite good. A little bit of wind around at the moment. I'm actually checking the weather quite closely because uh, our boy may be coming up to Pukekohe on Melbourne Cup Day. Uh, give or take a little bit of rain. Just feels like we might have turned the corner on the old... It, the weather, it does. It does, not it, it? And we've had a few dry days too, so, yeah. you know, that water table, and because all the tracks have been pretty heavy, will be drying out real quick. And uh, if we don't get a little bit of a drop, mm, mm, I spoke to Alan, he said he'll keep me in, informed, and of course I'll let all of our people know. Um, but yeah, also, it, it needs to happen. Well, I'll know by Friday, Louis, so before we hit... Uh, the weekend on uh, after our chemist warehouse on Friday, we'll know whether or not we're coming home early on Monday to get to Pukekohe on Tuesday. You'll be all right. At Bunnings Trade, helping business is our trade. Now, how's this? Remember how Izzy always speaks about that Twickenham cash, that Twickenham bling bling? <laughs> well, the All Blacks will play South Africa at Twickenham. Yes, South Africa at Twickenham Stadium in London next year, two weeks before the start of the 2023 Rugby World Cup as part of their tournament preparation. So, the match in London, um, which will be August 26, if you're wondering, just the second time we've played South Africa there. Of course, the last time was 2015. Rugby World Cup, Foster reckons it's the uh, ideal preparation. You'll be hoping you don't get injuries. It'll be interesting to know what sort of teams they roll out, but at the same time, our first game at the Rugby World Cup is against France, so you can't go into that undercooked because that'll put you on the back foot straight away. And staying with Northern Hemisphere Rugby, Owen Farrell has one of three withdrawals from their squad at the moment. So he's got concussion problems. Um, took a knee to the head in a game against Exeter over the weekend. So big watch for Owen Farrell. He is pretty much the linchpin of the English operation, isn't he, Izzy? Is yeah, he's huge. He is huge. He's vital for their operation there, and uh, be interesting. Hopefully, it's not too serious. Another admission, too, boys, that, that he's going he's to be playing for the uh, Scotty Robinson Razor-inspired Barbarians is Finn Russell. Finn Russell uh, playing for Racing '92. He's obviously a Scottish first five. He's left out of their team. He's going to be teeing it up with Razor. And Ronan O'Gara. So, mate, that's got to, honestly, I'm genuinely excited for this um, Barbarian side to see what these two wow, unorthodox coaches will come up with. Yeah, there's something always unorthodox with the Barbarian sides. You think of the. If you remember back to. I don't know if you remember Stephen Little when he was playing and he did the big gridiron throw over the line out and it went about 40 metres and they mm. scored off it. 
That's what they're... It's an entertainment factor, something different. I'm expecting that from uh, Razor and Ronan when they reunite after a couple of years. Maybe like there's like a circle and then there's a player with the ball in the middle and they start breakdancing. And it's like <laughs> like they're breakdancing their way. They're Remember doing, the wall? They're doing Remember the, the worm. Remember <laughs> the wall? I was going to say the wall, Kempi. Remember that the wall tap? You're like this dummy passing, like don't have the ball. And then someone runs here, someone runs here, and then you just pop it up. Oh, mate, we used to do it. We used so to, good. We used to do it in the under-15s, mate. We have the wall, the four guys, and you carry the ball and they all split off and guys coming through the middle of it. Um, scored plenty of tries off it. He's a bit. I wonder if it's Bring illegal. Bring the wall. <laughs> Would it work now? Oh, I don't, I don't know if it's I illegal. Don't know if. It, but then they kind of bend the rules for those bar bar games. I saw. I can't remember what team was it, but somebody scored off the reverse chip kick recently. It was a highlight going around. See, they were on the five meter line, so they had a penalty, and then so he's turned around facing his goal line, looking like he's going to go out the back, and then he just kicks it. Over his head oh. like that, and everyone runs onto it and dives and puts it down. That was pretty good. I got a funny story about that. I got funny. We actually got <laughs> we actually got told to do that when I was up in the UK. All right, so we get a new coach. He comes in, and I'm a, I'm a senior player by by this time, and we're struggling. We're struggling. We're at one of the best clubs, and we're struggling. New coach comes in, and he's at training, and he says that he says, "Right, I want you to kick the ball out." Because I'm kicking the ball out. When you kick the ball out, then go and take the tap. And then Moz, remember Adrian Morley? Adrian Morley was playing, he was 18-year-old, playing mm-hmm. in the back row for us. I want you to kick it over the back of your head, Moz. You just run through that line, catch it, and put it down. <laughs> this is how the conversation went, is he? And I'm sitting there going, mate, I ain't tapping the ball and kicking it straight back to them. <laughs> like that. We walk out, and Moz goes, we, we're doing that, Kemper? I went, no, mate, I'm tapping the ball, I'm giving it to you, run and get tackled. <laughs> we ain't kicking it back. And I just, mate, that type of play that Louis just said, yeah, that works in under fives. That's no, worked, get ball for the barbars. Oh. <laughs> it worked. Highlanders, Hurricanes. That's Lima right. Sapwanga, yes. behind his head. Bang. And then I think uh, Matt Fatties goes through, pass it to Ben, and they didn't score from all, did they? I can't really remember. But, yeah, they've done it. It works. That's what I mean. Tony Brown. He's just out of – he thinks out of the square, and they're going to surprise the APs. Yeah. <laughs> the worst one I've seen it. is Wigan employed this tactic where they headed the ball. So you threw it. You threw, you, can, you can get it on YouTube. You threw the pass, and the players headed it through the line. It wasn't a knock-on, and kept them, picked it up, and scored. And they they did it. They had to bring a rule in to change the rule, so you can throw it at someone's head and let them header it through. Just looking for new ways for concussions. (laughs) That is unbelievable. Uh, Yeah, but you're right. Is he Ronan and and Scott? So Razor and Ronan, just the old best pals, meeting up for that bar bars clash to play the All Blacks fifteen. That is going to be one of the. That's probably going to be one of the um, games of the spring summer. I think. Like I can't wait for that. Just to add something a little bit different. Ron Owen Farrell watch. Hopefully his head is injury isn't that bad. And as I said, um, we're going to be playing the Springboks, South Africa, before the Rugby World Cup next year. Rugby League World Cup this morning. We have got Tonga taking on Wales, Kempi, and Tonga will flog them, you said, off here? Yeah. Oh, look, Wales just, when they, they put up a good uh, fight against the Cook Islands, but they just... Uh, 
out of shape. They can't last with the boys. And I thought Tonga were very good against Papua New Guinea that first up. Papua New Guinea were really good too. Yeah. But um, Tonga should win that one right. quite easily. Well, that's coming on at about 20 past seven or half past seven here on Spark Sport up in front of us. So we'll keep you updated with that. It's 20 minutes away from seven now. 0800 150 Hey, Come Mark. on. Mark. Morning, boys. Got absolutely hammered on the punt this long weekend. Only bright parts of seven bounds of white bait I caught Sunday morning. Oh, send some up, son. Come <laughs> well, on. Well, Mark. Give us a call, 0800 because Daggy's got a $50 TAB bonus bet. All you got to do is beat the Quizmaster. And the quiz is really attainable today. It's a pretty straightforward yeah. one. Easy. Give us a call. You right, Neeps? Come on, Apples. I think he's still hung over from his birthday party. 20 away from <laughs> 7. <laughs> this is how you do it. Quizzy, that come play it. This is how we do it. Quizzy, that come play it. Quiz is on the line, just one at a time. Don't Google a lie, phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs, T.A.B. with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it, this is how we do it. Quizzy, they come play it, Quizzy, they come play it. Oh, 800 150 811. Now give us a call. Yes, give us a call, and they have called Simon from Auckland. Morena to you, mate. Kitchen's asleep. Kitchen's asleep. Ah, Anton. Good morning, Anton. Hey, bro. What? Simon. Good morning, Simon. How are you doing? <laughs> are you all right, Simon? Joe and Neeps, are you awake and are you on fire? <laughs> Simon, good morning. Morning. Morning, morning, morning. Here we go. Here we go, mate. Good luck. At age twenty-five, how many much? How much money? NZ dollar has Lydia Ko won on the LPGA tour in New Zealand dollars? Dollars. Yep. Uh, I might have to get a clue on that one. Okay, but listen. Okay, listen. In America, they have a dime, a nickel, and a what? In America, they this is a cryptic one. In America, they have a dime, a nickel, and a what? Nah, nah. I don't know. Sorry, mate. Oh. It's a good clue, Kippy. All good. Have a good day, mate. We're going to go to Brenton. Morning, Brenton. Mm-hmm. Brenton, morning. Me. Morning. Hey, mate. Hey, brother. Here we go. go good luck. Yeah, we got you. We got you. At age 25, how much money, New Zealand dollars, has Lydia Co won on the LPGA Tour? Uh, I'm going to say, I don't really know, maybe $15 million. Ooh. Close, but not close enough. Sorry, brother. Have a good day, Brenton. Ed from Tolaga. He's awake. Morning, Ed. Morning, brothers. Morning, morning. At age 25, how much money, New Zealand dollars, has Lydia Ko won on the LPGA Tour? Oh, I thought it was 14 million. Now, on New Zealand dollars. 
Oh, geez. That's that's US. They're sorting US? Oh, mate. Um, a quarter of that on the left. You're in the toilet. You're in the toilet. <laughs> He's out. <laughs> What's going See you on? Later. A diamond nickel. Anton. He actually said the answer. He's here. Anton. Kilda. Kilda, boy. Kilda. How many millions has Lydia won at the age of 25? Um, well, keep his clue, a quarter is 25, right? So I'm going to go 25 mil, but... Here you go. 25 million yeah. is correct. Question number two. Which is the only South Island city that will host games for the Women's FIFA World Cup? Ah, uh, well... Much needed this. Your city doesn't have a stadium yet, so let's go Dunedin. Dunedin is correct. Question number three. How many runs did the Australians have against the Black Caps on Saturday night? Ah, come on. Not enough. Ah, <laughs> uh, hundred and ooh, got a clue, Kippy? Picket fence. Picket fence. Hundred and eleven. Hundred and eleven. Bag. Question number four. Max Good Verstappen clue. has just tied an F1 record, winning thirteen races in one season. Which other current drivers has he tied with? Ah, uh, it's probably going to be Louis Hamilton, right? <laughs> Louis Hamilton is correct. He's oh, he on a heater. There you go. Question number five. No clues. Which player uh, has the most has the most caps ever for the Silver Ferns? Uh, oh, god damn, that's a tough one. Uh, no clues, you reckon? <laughs> Five. Hey, 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 hurry Kevin. up. For... How about uh, Tim Oh, no. No. <laughs> Sorry, Anton. <laughs> Have a good day, brother. I Kerry. Like, I like the morning. old stringing it out. <laughs> Kerry. Morning, boys. Morning, 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 morning. Which player has the most caps for the Silver Ferns? Ah... Uh... Uh, Irene Van Dyke. Oh. Irene Van Dyke is incorrect. Sorry, Kerry. Have a good day. Jade from Hamilton. Morning, Jade. <laughs> Morning. Jade, Jade, Jade. I'm good, brother. How are you doing, bro? Hey, what a game on Saturday, has... eh? <laughs> So good. Which player has the most caps ever for the Silver Ferns? That little mid quarter starts with L. I can't think of her name, boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dan, oh, Dan Hooker's. Three, oh, Dan Hooker's. Remind me of Dan Hooker. One. I can't hear that clue as he's talking. What's that clue? <laughs> <laughs> go, go, give a clue. <laughs> the hangman. Dan the hangman Hooker. Move him on. Nah, you're gone. John, morning, John. Oh, bro. <laughs> Tony. Is it John or Tony? John, Tony. Okay, John. Morning, John. Hey, guys, uh, Laura Langman. Oh, that'll do. Laura Langman is correct. Well done.
Well done. Congratulations. $50 coming your way. How good? Oh, man. that was We had demons in the phone lines. We had everything going on <laughs> that there. That was hard work. That <laughs> was really hard work for a Tuesday. God. I'll be invoicing overtime oh. for that. Seven minutes away from seven. Well done, John. Whew. Whew. Laura Langman. What's happening? Almost had to work as hard as Laura Langman <laughs> in the midcourt there. $50. Is, is he? Is he? 80% of oh. rain today, Melbourne. 60% tomorrow, 50%, 50%. you got plenty of he rain coming, swimming. son. He loves swimming. <laughs> <laughs> the, rain man's, the rain man's, I'll be dancing all week. The rain man's back. Six away from seven. Yeah, oh, can't wait. Cannot wait for the end of the week for you, Izzy. Um, we'll talk about Pungo pretty much every day until then. <laughs> Absolutely we will. We're not far away from 7 o'clock. We're going to talk some Formula 1 after that. We'll get to your messages after this. Coming up to 7 o'clock, and Izzy, I just chucked on my Instagram and saw a tribute via the Crusaders for Luke Romano. Is the big engine room lock hanging up the boots, Is he? Yeah, the big man's yeah, in hanging up the boots. He's got a hunting block here. He's bought a while back, but because of COVID, it was... Hard because he's trying to entice those overseas hunters to come over and, and hunt the big stags. But yeah, he's finished up, mate. What a hell of a career. Played over 100 games for the Crusaders. Canterbury went up and plied his trade up in Auckland and he's hung the boots up. He'll be remembered uh, for many great things. He could be a great coach, mate. In that line out, he is an absolute wizard. <coughs> absolute wizard. And that's why Auckland took him up north. But hey, couldn't quite just be enough to get the job done but hey what a hell of a career for him but anyway come on, we're going to talk to Ben Hunt F1 we spoke to him earlier here's Aroha with the news for Kubota together we're shaping and building New Zealand find 10% off store wide at the Chemist Warehouse Labor Day sale hurry sale ends Wednesday and Kogan Mobile New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans visit koganmobile.co.nz this is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ Good morning. You know who it is. Get up. Rip into your week. It's Tuesday, the 25th of October. You got Izzy. You got Kempi in the house on SCNZ. It's just after 7 o'clock. Appreciate you tuning in. Plenty happening in the sporting world. Honestly, golf. As a golf fan and a golf tragic how good is his own golf at the moment? Stephen Alka, what a champion. He is flying on the Schwab Cup. He's leading by about uh, 1,800 points, I think he is, at the moment. Mate, he is so, so good to take out that Schwab Cup with two events left. 
you got Ryan Fox tied fourth at the Maluka Open. He's tied seventh on the money list. 2,600, 2.6 million euros he's made this year. So he's going good. Lydia Ko. You got Denzel Aramir over in WA. He was tied fifth on the weekend. You got Michael Hendry winning the Taranaki Open. You got Amelia Garvey. Flying, she's going to join us later after eight o'clock. Looking forward to having a chat to her. You got Momoka Kabori, you've got our New Zealand amateurs just flowing over to Thailand to compete in the national amateur competition. You got Marco Thompson. Oh, the list goes on, the list goes on right now. So, so good. Golf is flying, and we'll talk about that after eight o'clock. But there's been plenty of the question of the day, Louis. Pointed out this morning is this All Blacks test this weekend? You wouldn't believe it. They're taking on Japan. They're over in Tokyo. We've already had the news that Lester Fang and Nuku comes back for family reasons. We hope he's doing all right there. But who takes his spot? You got potential AJ Lamb, Mark Talia, Julian Savier. There is plenty, plenty to talk about and react to, and we'll do that after this because huge news in the F1 world. Max Verstappen, 13 wins. How good. Too good at Austin, and there was plenty to drive for for the team Red Bull to get the job done. It's now 7 past 7. Let's hear from Ben Hunt. S-E-N-Z. 2022 has been Red Bull and Max Verstappen's year, and they reminded everyone of it over the weekend in Texas. It's a victory that will give Red Bull the Constructors' Championship in 2022. It's celebrations for team and for driver on such a poignant weekend. Max Verstappen wins the United States Grand Prix. Yes, after an emotional build-up following the death of Red Bull founder and owner Dietrich Mastichic, Verstappen held out rival Lewis Hamilton to give Red Bull their first Constructors' Championship since 2013. But it's F1, so there has to be controversy, and they've been labelled cheats <laughs> by many for breaching the budget cap. To break down the significance of this breach and recap what it looked like another entertaining weekend in Austin is gun Formula One journalist Ben Hunt, who joins us online now from the States. Good evening, Ben. How are you? I'm good, thank you, guys. How are you? Uh, very well, mate. What's it like being back in the U.S. Grand Prix, Austin? Had it all? Yeah, it's mega. It's mega. I mean, it's a, it's a race that I've been coming to for a number of years, but um, the popularity has just grown and grown and grown. So every single time that we come back, there seems to be more and more people. This time around, there was over 440,000 people over the whole weekend. So um, absolutely boom, booming, yeah. um, booming industry. You know, it's a good, good sign for F1. Fizzing, fizzing. What was the dominating conversation in the lead-up to the race, Ben? It's all about the cost cap. Um, F1 have produced <laughs> these rules, which basically limit limits people's spending. Um, and, of course, Red Bull have fouled. They haven't, they haven't stuck within the limit. They've spent too much. We don't know how much. And uh, they've been found to have broken these rules, and, and now they're trying to work out this punishment. So, unfortunately, we're talking about off-track stuff at the moment. And what's the take on all this from the rest of the drivers, the rest of the teams, and what, how severe is this punishment going to be in your, in your eyes, you feel? 
Yeah, I mean, all the talk is, you know, the other drivers and, and teams are a bit upset. You know, they've managed to cut their cloth accordingly and, and, and they feel like they've operated within the limit. Um, and then the, you've got a team that's obviously gone over. Um, you know, there's a, a suggestion it's only a, a small amount, um, you know, under under $2 million is the is figure that they're looking at. I mean, so small, I mean, that's still sizable when you can consider <laughs> just how much that, that buys in, in terms of spare parts and speed. So... You know, they're a little bit upset, and, and of course, they want Red Bull punished. Um, you've got to say, in their interests, they actually want Red Bull punished for future, um, you know, future development to sort of, you know, slow them down a little bit. That's really their focus. So it's all brinkmanship. It's all political. It's great. It's good for me. You know, it's writing stories. So, um, you know, it's all fun. Yeah, it's not good, though, <laughs> really, is it, Ben? You know, how, how much has it sullied their win, Red Bull, this um I guess this you're calling it a misdemeanor at $2 million. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the thing. I mean, you know, F1, F1 works hard to, to boost this appeal around the world. And, you know, the Netflix Drive to Survive series has been incredibly popular. Um, but then you find that there's these elements which sort of come back and, and, they, and they, uh, they do tarnish the sport. That's the, that's the reality. Um, you know, you want to be coming into a race talking about great racing, competitiveness, and obviously world championships. You don't really want to be coming in talking about cost caps and, you know, people being unhappy. But it, it's all part of the political uh, landscape within F1. It's always been there. Unfortunately, that's just where we're at at the moment. Well, does it seem like McStaffin secretly loves us, enjoys it when the card is stacked against him, <laughs> and he's able to win even when things don't always go his way, like the pit stop era, this controversy before. Yeah. He obviously had a lot of emotions yeah. riding on this race with the passing of the owner of Red Bull. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's a tenacious, um, you know, tenacious competitor. Um, there was something different about him this weekend. He was emotional. I think that, you know, I think that a lot of people didn't see that, but when he was doing his press conference, especially after qualifying on Saturday night, he was visibly shaken and upset about the, the, the passing of the Red Bull um, founder, you know, you, you could see that. And I think that there was a sense of relief um, having clinched that team's championship. And you could see the way that the team celebrated. Um, you know, they were very pleased and obviously, rightly so, winning the championship first time since, you know, first time in nine years is a big achievement. So it was quite a fitting way. Um, I think it was also quite fitting for Red Bull, you know, the way that they are a company known for sort of extreme sports and just their attitude of, you know, being controversial, shall we say. And I just think that it was probably a fitting end to the season given the, you know, the tragic passing of their owner. And what about the uh, the fans, um, Ben? You know, like there's some world-known rivalries between between certain individuals, the one between Verstappen and Hamilton. How was everyone yeah. taking that? Were they happy to see that back on? It's slightly different because Formula One really hasn't had this sort of rivalry with, with regards to fans. Yes, drivers have had rivals in the past. You've seen, you know, Senna and Prost, you know, a famous one. And, of course, now we've got, you know, Lewis Hamilton versus Max Verstappen. But the element that's slightly different this time around is the fans. Like, you know, it's almost tribal. It's almost like football in the sense that, you know, you're either a Lewis fan or a Max Verstappen fan. And for me, that's the interesting thing. And, and watching it play out on social media, it's, it's quite ferocious and, and pretty nasty at times. But that's a slightly different element that we haven't actually seen within F1 before. So, you know, it's interesting to watch. Um, you know, they, as two drivers, they don't really like each other, but they certainly do respect each other. And I think that, you know, that, that element is still there regardless of everything that they've gone through. I think that Lewis is able to appreciate just how good Lewis, uh, how good Max is at the moment, and vice versa. 
Um, although they might not publicly say it, I think that they sort of do respect each other's achievements. Well, other fans, Ferrari, they would have been jumping for joy at the start of the season with Charles Leclerc <laughs> showing signs of bringing yeah. Ferrari back to the promised land. Well, how will Ferrari view this yeah. season for themselves? Another disaster. I mean, you know, it's been a total, total disaster. I'm, a, I'm afraid there's no way of dressing this up. Um, you know, that car, if, if we're being honest, that car is the quickest car on the grid. You only need to look at the amount of poles that wow. they've had, um, you know, the two drivers, compared to Red Bull. You know, they've, they've absolutely smashed it on a Saturday. But when it's come to Sunday, the business end, they've either made a mistake, they've had reliability problems. <sighs> You know, all the drivers have made a mistake. So it's, it's really unfortunate for the way that it's worked out. And, you know, they've really got to pull the socks up and, and get everything together, ready for another go next year. Hey, Beno, is uh, that, I guess, Haas, are they, they scored some points at home. Are they happy with that? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's been a, a tough season um, for them. I mean, I think Mick Schumacher's been sort of a bit of a, bit of a letdown for them in, in some respects. You know, I think that they were hoping more for more. I think they're obviously very pleased with Kevin Magnussen. Um, but yeah, scoring points at home is a big thing. Uh, it's an interesting one for that team. Obviously, they were sniffing around um, Daniel Ricciardo as well, and, and and they were quite keen to get him involved for for twenty twenty three. You know, and he's he's out. You know, he's turned them down, which is a you know a, a surprise and perhaps a silly move because that car isn't actually too bad. I think that you know, had he you know taken that job, he, he could have sort of helped that team move forward, and you know he would have remained in Formula One. So. A little bit of a surprise from him to, to turn that down. And I think Hass were a little bit disappointed too. All right. Well, on the home stretch, mate, uh, of the season now with the champions locked up. Just two quick questions before I let you go. Are you excited for Las Vegas? Sure. Formula One, that must excite you. And is there any storylines yeah. we should be dialed into going forward? Um, the first one, uh, Vegas. I can't wait. I'm super excited, actually. It's going to be really interesting. This is a, this is a, this is a race that F1 are putting on. And so... Like Miami, um, they're doing everything themselves. My only concern is that they haven't given themselves very much time. You know, look, you, you, you've got a, a year to get ready for this. Most circuits are sort of being built in two, three, maybe four years, and you have to get so much of it right. But they've only given themselves a very short time scale. So let's see how it works. I think it's going to be bonkers. I know all the hotels are already sold <laughs> out, and, you know, it's really going to be the hottest ticket in town trying to get in. But, um, yeah, I'm super excited for that. In, in terms of in terms of storylines and, and other things to look forward to, I think this cost cap's going to rumble on. I think that you know that's going to be a, a potential tricky one to navigate. So um, let's just see how that pans out. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what kind of example they make of Red Bull and and Max Verstappen and Christian Horner. Mate, we appreciate you coming on our show. Take care, my friend, and uh, hopefully we can get you down under. Have you been to New Zealand before? Never been to New Zealand. Been to Australia a few times, but never that. Never, never been a little bit oh. further on. I'm afraid. Well, we'll eat in. We'll eat in. That's it. One day. <laughs> That's the biggest insult you could ever say to us. <laughs> You've been to Australia, not New Zealand. Come on. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, I need to make it. some more time, don't I? You do. You yeah. do, my friend. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, Ben. Thanks, guys. Bye. S E N Z. All we need is like a street circuit somewhere. We just need a Formula One circuit pop up. It's not going to be Pukekohe anymore. Maybe Hampton Downs. I don't know where they'd race Formula One. Definitely. Or maybe around the domain where they had the rally cars and then Ben could come down. Um, hey, the rest of the comp hate Red Bull, eh? <laughs> like, I know. Like Red Bull are villains, 101. 
Red Bull are the Crusaders, aren't they? <laughs> they haven't won, <laughs> haven't won that much yet, but they're getting there. But they, I know, but they always win, you know, and, and everyone always questions the salary cap. How do they get all those players under the salary cap? Yes, obviously Red Bull being called out. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what kind of example they set. Like this, is, like Ben was just saying, this ain't the end of this, and whether they do severely punish Christian Horner and the Red Bull team, and what sort of punishment they do. Are they gonna strip them of some points going into next year? And the, and the look it sets for Red Bull too. Like how often have they been doing this? Does does this affect the previous years when they've won? Um, championship with Max Verstappen last year, so like it's, it's, it makes for an interesting case. I think teams generally bend rules, right, Kempe? Like, like, like coaches and ca- like. What do you always say about coaches and captains? Your whole your whole idea is to go out there and try and cheat. You mean you mean to push the rules, like laws of the game, to find different ways around it? Well, it's kind of the same with teams and the rules that the you know the jurisdiction set, right? Yeah. No, no matter what happens, no matter what happens, no matter what sport, whatever you create to try and um, make it a level playing field, people are out there to bend it. Like you know, you can talk about cycling, you can talk about rugby, rugby league. Um, with the wrestling and the slowing down of the ruck, and and now you talk about uh, Red Bull with the spending of the money on, on you know how they how they go and beat everyone else because they oh we decided to spend a little bit more than you, but we're not going to tell anyone. Um, yeah, it's just it's the nature of it. Actually, when Nuzi was just talking, then I was just thinking, you know, it's just no matter what, people just cheat. <laughs> well, it's, like, it's not my mum. It's not my mum when I was playing euchre. She always she was always like, such a cheat. I think like spending money like there's a salary cap. That's where it stops. But and even salary caps. That, that's, that, that's like, yeah, no. There's there's ways of going around the salary cap. You got third party. You got all this sponsorship and image rights, and there's ways of going around it. But when you go over that that figure, that's blatant cheating. Innovation, changing technology, you know, changing aerodynamics within that thing, and that's that's trying to find ways around the rules and bending the rules. But when you step over that money line, it's just blatant. Black and white. You've just broken the rules. Black and white. It's simple. Yeah, it is. It is simple. It'll be here. I'll tell you what's not simple, and that's exactly the first thing you said, Izzy. What do they do with them? How much of an example do they make? Because we know what power does in the Formula One. And, um, hey, watch this space, especially if you're a Drive to Survive fan. It just creates Could they more. strip them? I don't know. I oh, see. I would. You think of a salary cap when Melbourne Storm got stripped? It's MP? exactly right. I would. I'd take. I'd take it off them because it's a, it's, it's such an uh, unlevel playing field that you're trying to get to the top and you've got no chance. Have to trade Greg Greg Inglis. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying any names, but you know, it's just an, un, an unlevel playing field. And if you want to, if you want to do that, like fine, but have a competition for it. Like, see, so you can outdo each oh, other. Oh, yeah, your whole, um, your whole cheating Olympics. Yeah, yeah. Just, you <laughs> know, if you want to, you want to go and do that, then go and have a competition where it's that, that's what the rule is. Elon, well, that's kind of what the space race is, isn't it? 20, 20 minutes <laughs> past seven o'clock. Here with Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. Just super rich people trying to build the best technology they can, and that's what we're trying to get Formula One to avoid. It's curious though. Double eight, double three. <laughs> are you a Max Verstappen supporter or are you a Red Bull detractor? Double eight, double three. Let us know on the TPB Post text machine. Kempi's off the back fence after this. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. 
It's not very often an opportunity presents itself when you least expect it. In this instance, the opportunity comes in the shape of former Manly coach Desi Hasler, who has just been sacked. The 460-game premiership winning coach is on the market after being released because of Manly's poor finish to the 2022 season. The catalyst of that demise coming after a club decision to support a pride jersey for players to wear without consulting them. Here's the thing. For me, Desi Hasler is exactly the type of coach the Warrior needs. Got the experience, been there, done that, picked up the T-shirt. He knows how to win a premiership, but most importantly is mentoring arguably, arguably the answers to the Warriors' woes. One would think that if you got Desi, you would have a very good chance of jagging the Trebojevic brothers, whom I consider to be arguably in the top three players of any club. Add their younger brother at centre and also Josh Schuster, and the problems at the Warriors look like a distant memory. Tom at one, Jake at 13, Josh Schuster at six, and an emerging centre makes for an exciting future. The question is, can anyone else see the opportunity? I know there will be casualties, but isn't that always the case when you are looking for success? It's slapping us in the face. Desi for Warriors coach, or am I just dreaming? Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Ooh, Kempy. Um, interesting one. Interesting one, just because if we're going to have Kiwis coaching the Kiwis, I'd love to have a Kiwi coaching the Warriors. And he's another Aussie. And if we continue down that line... I think, yeah, it just doesn't set probably good example. So I'd rather go have a Kiwi in, in the Warriors to get their Kiwi identity. Be I know, I know the Aussies have a fit in there, particularly with what Kevin Campion brought over and Stephen Price. They play their part, and you might be onto something because that's one thing that lets us down is our ability to be professionals and, and having a professional winning environment. But I'd love to have a Kiwi bring that over and, and be amongst that fold, but... Yeah, it makes... Well, what is Desi going to do in your eyes? Where's he going to go next? Is he going to have another opportunity to coach in the NRL or is that Desi done? Nah, of course he will. He's you know he's one of the most successful coaches in the NRL, been around since 2005, I think. Uh, 2004, 2005 is when he first came in. And, yep. uh, you know, he's he's very, very good. So he'll pick up another, another role and I'm pretty sure that coaches will be thinking about the players that he can pull along. He's still mentoring a number of those manly players. The thing with it is that Jake Trebojevic, I reckon, is is Kevin Campion on, uh, you know, on the current market. He's tough. You know, he plays through the middle, but he brings that ball-playing um, middle player that Kevin Campion used to be. Because Campo was a really good ball player. And Tom Trebojevic, yeah. in my eyes, best player in the NRL. A by country mile, and if, we can, if they can get him. So if you can get them and his younger brother looks to go... The, those key those key positions in 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 our NRL team are the spine, but you also need a really good thirteen in today's game, and you also need a really good centre. And I think you can just probably pick all those up if you get Desi. What I'm saying is that the answer's there in one signing. You know what I mean? And he's the type of guy with experience to come to the club that would actually bring people. Yeah. He's not a he's not a you know, I'm not. I you know, don't know Andrew Webster from a bar of soap, but he's not Andrew Webster. That, that, that in itself, that comment in itself, would be if you're talking so, to a player, then you go, well, you know, who's Andrew Webster? Can, can I ask you this? Why why would you want a, a Kiwi coach to coach the Kiwis 
and then Aussie to coach the Warriors? Well, I think I think they both come hand in hand, Izzy. I think what you've got to do is you've got to build pathways. And currently, you know, this is the thing about signing a 20-year – you know, I, I mentioned this a couple of years ago when we were talking about this, about signing someone like a Craig Bellamy to a, a high-performance role at the Warriors where he came in and he built pathways – so you give him a 20-year contract and he built those pathways through New Zealand. I remember speaking to Phil Gould last year when he was working at the Warriors. One of the things we talked about was coaching the coaches. So you need someone who's able to do that. If we continually go for new, young coaches, they're never going to do that. I, I guarantee you. So this is about the future for the Warriors, I think, building their future. I think so. And I think, I think it's like getting back to square one and having someone that understands how to do that. And for me, there's only a couple that can do it. There's, there's Desi Hasler... Uh, Craig Bellamy, Trent Robinson, I think Wayne Bennett's retiring anyway. Dears to the Warriors, what do you think? Double eight, double three. Give us a call on the Ken Artire phone line. The phone lines are open. 0800 What do you make of that notion? 29 away from eight. Rugby League World Cup clash just kicking off now. Tonga and Wales. Update you on that throughout the morning and get to some of your texts after the news. So that'll have about it together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. <laughs> SENZ, 27 away from 8 o'clock this morning. Hope your Tuesday's off to a flyer. Tonga, Wales, that game's underway now. And Tonga straight away red hot on attack under two minutes in. There's a chance they'll probably score off the first set of the game, to be honest. Later on in the day, we've got a little bit of American sport to sink your teeth into. Bears and Patriots on the Monday night football out of the NFL. Gull is fueling your mission all year round. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Visit gull.nz. As Kempe pointed out earlier, while the World Series is set, the Yankees absolutely toweled by the Astros in their series. And the Phillies, well, they chalked up 10 runs to make light work of the Padres to round up their series, their conference as well. So, Phillies... Astros World Series kicking off on Saturday. We'll cover that during later in the week. The Lakers in the NBA, they're 0-3 to start their season. That's pretty disappointing. Uh, oh, sh- yeah, sorry, Izzy. Um, <laughs> your, Australia, your World Cup, T20 World Cup, which you're hearing live on SCNZ, well, Australia will hopefully chalk one up tonight where they play Sri Lanka. I'm guessing that game is in Perth because it's... At midnight. So I'm assuming that's all the way over the other side. Uh, Ireland, England tomorrow, and then New Zealand, Afghanistan as well before then. So there's plenty of sport going on in the Premier League where we do have a game this morning as well. West Ham, Bournemouth at 8am. We'll keep you up to date with. And as I said earlier, Luke Romano is retiring from... Rugby, he's hanging up the boots and he's been an incredible servant to New Zealand rugby for a long period of time and we hope Lester Fanganuku's okay coming home from that All Blacks tour nice and early. Kempi, his text here I wanted to lob to you, you boys about the, the Formula One. Lads, I don't mind Red Bull, I just cannot stand Lewis Hamilton. This goes back to the people hate winners <laughs> thing. He just constantly acts like a spoiled brat. The conversation you guys were having about cheating reminds me of Cameron Smith. He had all the talent in the world, but was a cockroach. Have a great day, Steve Sivo. <laughs> Mate, there's always, there's always those people. You don't, it doesn't matter. I, I think... Um, 
it's just part and parcel of being so good. You have to take the other side of it. Clever yeah. cheating, not blatant cheating. <laughs> Richie McCaw, like South yeah, Africans clever. and Australians can't stand him, right? Clever cheating, not blatant. That's all, that's all the difference is. They just cleverly did it, and that's what Cam Smith did it. And, you know, just chirping in the ref's ear, just little, little stabs here or there. Getting them in your good books, yeah, a little pat on the back, a little tap on the buttocks, and you're just you're in the right, you know, you're in the right look. So, mate, honestly, that's what they do. They do it cleverly, not just blatant. Not with sandpaper. <laughs> yeah, that's blatant. There's <laughs> a lot. Anything Australia's blatant. <laughs> yeah, lots of people firing up. And how's this? I think I've listened to you guys too much. This is from Peter. This is funny. I think I've listened to you guys too much because I found myself singing the Quizzy Dag song in the shower. <laughs> I think that probably means we need a new Quizzy Dag song. By the way, Saturday sessions were great. Stayed with the station the whole day. Good on you, Peter. Thanks for locking in. It was a lot of fun on Saturday. But um, we might need a new Quizzy Dag song if it's getting trapped in people's heads So that, that scale, is he? We will, we will. We'll get a little... Uh... Poeticness on, if that's even a word, and try and get something scripted for Louis. He's very clever at what he does, so we'll, we'll get something to get it, and I'll just be the well, the guinea pig and get it done. <laughs> I've got to match our Friday's our Friday session from Aroha. That is outstanding. So we'll we'll have to get our thinking cap on Louis and get it done. We do one. We do one for sure. We are. We'll hit the lab. We'll work it out. Uh, some other famous cheaters. Someone shouted out Cameron Smith. Of course, there's Richie McCaw, um, Steve Smith, and David Warner. Uh, Cam Bancroft. Who were the Have other? You see, did you see that clip from Faf, Faf's book? How they like spying on them. They they had an inkling that Australia were were cheating. So they're like, oh, man, there's something not quite right here. So they got the binos out, eh? And were just spying on them. Then they saw. Young fella bringing out that sandpaper from his pocket, alluded to the umpires and got caught, mate. But everyone does it. To get that ball to reverse is the ultimate goal. Well, I actually... I wouldn't be surprised if there's other teams doing it. There's actually, um, Izzy, there's headlines this morning that Tim Payne in his book is also accusing South Africa of cheating in the same series. So we'll have to go and investigate. We'll have to go and investigate that. Yeah, of course they were all doing it, but the Aussies are just it was more fun to put the boot into them. Um, Kempi, you're sacking the Warriors' new coach before they've even played a game. Oh, there's always some pain. I'll I'll, I'll put this question out there: Desi Hasler, one hand, Webster, the other. Who you got? All right, nice and simple. Twenty-two away from eight. Nice and simple. (laughs) You respond double eight, double three. Warren Kennedy, by the way. He's a South African jockey who now lives in New Zealand, and he is now a winning jockey in New Zealand. He had a winner in the weekend. He's a champion over there in South Africa. This is an interesting story, guys. Mm. We're going to catch up with Warren after this about his life being relocated, why he's done it, and it's crucial. A bit of talent, a bit of depth in the jockey ranks in New Zealand at the moment it is massive. So let's catch up with Warren Kennedy after this and find out why he's taking this big plunge in his life. Radio 16 away from 8. Let's talk a bit of racing, Kimpy. Yeah, we hear of athletes packing their lives up to pursue great opportunities around the world all the time. I did it back in my day, and I don't regret it one bit. We haven't seen too many, though, of the top-line jockeys relocate from their bases to New Zealand in recent times. Instead, the brain drain of our top hoops going the other way. Well, over the weekend, champion South African jockey Warren Kennedy 
got his New Zealand journey off to a winning start. Looking to warm up also is Ecclese and Wider out then. She's a man-eater. Starry Beal closer in is starting to come into this as well at the 200 metres. Taking over here is Cleese on the outside. Starry Beal's a danger on the inside of it though. It's Cleese and Starry Beal. They draw clear to fight it out. Cleese in front for Warren Kennedy. He's going to get his first New Zealand win. Good on him. Yeah, as he loves to have very good ride, that one. <laughs> Hopefully the first of many for Warren, and he is with us on the line this morning to talk about his drastic change of scenery. Good morning, mate. How are you doing? Thanks for joining us for breakfast. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Mate, talk us through your decision here, um, you know, moving to New Zealand. How did that opportunity come about? Yeah, well, it, it started... Uh, a couple of years ago, actually, um, I sent my CV out. I was looking to relocate. I just wanted a better family dynamic life. You know, racing in South Africa is every single day in a different jurisdiction. You're always on an airplane, always in your car. Um, and I just thought I wanted a change. You know, I've got two young daughters now, and I, I wanted a bit more family time with them and, and that sort of thing. So I um, sent my CV out, and I, I must admit, the very next day, uh, Donovan Mansour, an expat South African that was riding in New Zealand, he got back to me and he said, look, if I'm interested, they're more than willing to accommodate me. And uh, it just built from there. You know, it's last season, um, mid-season, Donovan got hold of me again. Um, I was chasing the champion in South Africa. So uh, I, I blew him off a little bit and said, let me finish my season here. I want to win the championship again and uh, we'll talk again. And won the championship and, um, well, here I am. Talk to us. What what do you want to achieve over here, Warren? Like, what is the ideal outcome for Warren Kennedy uh, down the line? Where do you want to be? Where do you see yourself? Yeah, look. Obviously, you want to do as well as you can, and hopefully, I can win a championship or two here, um, boost my CV, and, and maybe look to go uh, on to somewhere else. But at the moment, uh, I'm just focused on New Zealand racing. I want to try and uplift the, the sport here in New Zealand and do my best to help wherever I can. Uh, like Donovan Mansour opened up the new jockey academy is going to be opening up. So if I can give a lending hand there as well, I most definitely will. Nice. But personally, I, I just want my, my family life to improve. I want to do as well as I can, hopefully win a championship or two, and uh, we'll see what happens from there. I'll tell you what, if you want to make it down here as a jockey, you have every opportunity to, to do really well, Warren. I'm, I'll just give you that advice with what I've seen with a couple of my mates that are in it. But just tell us a little bit about the differences you've noticed already. Um, have you got a line on the standard of racing and where it stacks up compared to where you've just come from? Uh, yeah, the race is pretty good. I've only been here a week, so I haven't had a, a proper line of, of the quality of, of horses that uh, are available here. Um, but what I've written so far has been, has been decent. Um, yeah, look, uh, racing here much tighter tracks than I'm used to in South Africa. Uh, bit of a, a go start racing here you know they, they look for position the first first bit of the race and uh, then they yank it up a bit and sprint again it's not what i'm i'm used to i'm used to a an even flowing race that builds up throughout the race but um look i'm learning um that's why i'm here i want to improve my riding skills and and race against the uh, different different jockeys and different styles of riding and different racing styles so um hopefully i pick it up really quickly it's good to get the first win get the arc to break but um yeah, we'll learn as we go, and um, hopefully um, we can do really well, yeah. 
My dad backed Khalees. He sent me a photo, and I was like, <laughs> how the hell did you back Khalees? It paid $15. Now I know. Warren Kennedy was on top, the champion <laughs> jockey from South Africa. So congratulations. What have you got going forward? What, what's next for you in the next couple of weeks? We're going to see more of you coming down for Cup Week in Christchurch. Yeah, look, I've left that to my manager, Donovan. He's sorting all that out. Uh, at the moment, he's, he's just letting me know where I must go. Um, I think we have got um, one or two rides aimed up at the, at the, in the South Islands. Um, but, um, yeah, he's just managing me at the moment to see, get me used to the racing here before I, I really put my neck out there. You know, I just want to get a, a good feel of the tracks mm. and, and wanted to be, be able to do my best on each horse that I ride. So get a feel for all the tracks, get around as much as possible, get to know them before I, I take on all the big ones. You got a bomber jacket? If you're going down to the South Island, mate, make sure you take it. It's freezing down there. It's not. That's it's warm yeah, here. It's, it's not the shore. Don't lie. He's lying. <laughs> hey, I, I hear you got a countryman coming over too. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Craig Zaki, he's coming up. Um, also, a good rider. Um, he was champion apprentice. He's, he's now a qualified jockey, um, and he's coming over. I think in about a week or so's time. It'll be good to have uh, another South African boy with me. Uh, the jocks here, I must say, have been, have been really accommodating and great. But, you know, it's always nice to have a countryman you can bounce things off and uh, have good, uh, a good relationship with, which I do with Craig. And um, he's also, like I said, a young family like I do. And uh, I think it'll just make the transition that much more easier. Hey, Warren, talk to us about South Africa as a um, racing export jurisdiction. Like, are there, I know there are a couple of South African jockeys that have ridden in Hong Kong that ride in Hong Kong. Do they go up like like cricketers? Do you end up in the UK? Are there a few in Australia and New Zealand around the world, Singapore and those places? Do you produce good jockeys and, I suppose, trainers as well? Yeah, we do, um, actually. Um, yeah, there's, there's guys that have been to Hong Kong. I mean, Douglas White, everyone knows who Douglas White is. He was... Hong Kong champion jockey 13 or 14 times. Yeah, yeah, sure. legend. But, um, legend. Yeah, we got we got Lyle Hewitson, uh, Luke Ferraris is over in Hong Kong at the moment. Uh, we had Jeff Lloyd, Sean Cormack, Robbie Fred. I mean, these are all all champion riders there. In those guys are in Australia. I mean, Jeff Lloyd retired a, a little while ago, but he was champion in Australia as well. So we, we were able to hold our own in in, in different countries. So um, to answer your question, I think we do produce fantastic jockeys that. Uh, really have stuck their hand up all around the world and uh, have proved it. Hey, Warren, just before we let you go, your family, got a couple of young kids out here. Um, your wife, though, enjoying living over the shore here? I'm sure she will. You know, uh, she she's pretty much a, a farm girl, so, so she, she'll fit in quite comfortably, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, out there where we are, uh, Clark's Beachside, uh, mm. Bailey Park, it's pretty farmy, and uh, she'll fit in really comfortably. I mean, we, we basically made the decision together and um, decided for the kids it's, it's the best move we thought so we'll make it work most definitely okay I want you to nice. you got a pen handy take this number down double eight double three send in your best tips any day of the week <laughs> to Kempe, Dizzy and Kempe for breakfast okay mate because we'll take them we'll take them and we'll share them on this uh, on this breakfast show hey thanks a lot for joining us this morning Warren go well mate all the best uh, I'll tell you now opportunities are, are, are are huge here for jockeys in New Zealand. So I'm pretty sure we're going to hear more about you. Thanks for joining us this morning. Cheers, Warren. Thank you very much for, for accommodating me. Cheers, man, guys. He, um, Warren, boys, he, I was just watching him on Saturday, first time I had a good look at him, and that ride on Cleese, like he's a big, strong rider. He's all elbows and knees, and he's going to fit in. Like missing Leith 
Opie over the next few while. Those kind of senior yeah. blokes that are tough, hard, strong riders. Um, I just, can see it. He's burly South African jockey, and he's gonna he's gonna pick up rides, and he'll win races. And and has to be a shout out to Daniel Narclay. Daniel Narclay at Byerley Park, and everybody that made this possible, accommodating Warren, getting them out here, luring them out here, Donovan as well. Congratulations, because our jockey ranks we've spoken about the depth mm. that we needed to have bolstered. This is a huge step in the right direction. Absolutely loving it. Yeah, loving it. Great idea. Seven and a half away from eight. We're going to talk plenty of golf. We're going to start doing it with a bit of a bomb squad after this. Izzy's bomb squad. Has there ever been a more successful time in New Zealand golf? That weekend alone, we had Lydia Ko taking out the latest LPGA event in South Korea. Stephen Alka winning the latest senior PGA event for his fourth win of the season and amassing over three million US dollars in prize money. How good is that? This man, Stephen Alka, has to be the most consistent golfer on the planet. Ryan Fox, a tied fourth at the latest event on the DP World Tour. He is currently seventh on the DP money list, amassing two point six million Euros this year alone and a twenty fifth world ranking. What about Mamoka Kabori, the young Christchurch golfer forging her career overseas, just gaining her European LPGA Tour card. Denzel Iremia, a fifth on the Western Australian Tour. Amelia Garvey, she is coming up after 8 o'clock, forging her career as well. Now, I'm sure there is many I have missed, particularly on our own Charles Tour, but what I have rattled off in the above really ensures that golf is in a good place. Now, let's not get comfortable like other sports in this country and think it's just going to happen. This is a genuine investment into the game of golf, and we are seeing results around the country. 130,000 registered golfers, members, a part of golf clubs. Golfers thriving, and as a golf fan, nothing makes me more happier. Question is, which one on that list will win the next major? 2016 was our latest win, the ANA Inspirational Lydia Co. 2016. Who is the next double eight double three? Who is going to regain the title of New Zealand's next major winner? Is it going to be Amelia Garvey? Oh, we'll soon see. She is a fine young golfer playing her trade. She's coming up after 8 o'clock. We're going to hear from her and we'll talk to her about her own career. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota together. Shaping and building New Zealand. Get 20% off the brood range only at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ.
Good morning. Get up, busy and campy for breakfast on SENZ just past 8 o'clock. It is Tuesday. Oh, getting closer to the weekend. Calm down. Just spoke about golf, lads. Who's going to win the next major you feel in this country? It's got to be around the corner for sure. Who is it? Well, I'm going to say Ryan Fox. I think yep. he's the closest one to it at the moment. His form's pretty good, and if we've gonna, we're going to get one, I think he's going to be the one to win it. Lids. 100% it's Lids. She's knocking on the door. She's the most consistent. She's one of the most consistent golfers in the world, probably right in that Stephen Alka conversation. And But the fact that she's won multiple times on the LPGA Tour this year, and just by how calm her demeanour was last time we spoke to her, I think she is right there, is he? Right there for sure. Scoring average. Scoring average of 69. How good is that? Our next guest will probably have a similar scoring average. She's very, very good on that golf course. Our Kiwi golfers could not be more unconscious at the moment in just the weekend gone. We had Lids and Steve Alka claiming tournament wins. Foxy jagging another top five. And back home, Sam Jones, the big left-hander, became the first amateur to win the Jenny and Holmes Trophy. That's just to name a handful of our stars. To put it simply, we are flying on the greens around the world. And a name you can add to that list is on the cusp of doing great things herself is Amelia Garvey, who has given herself another chance at getting her tour card at the end of this year. Amelia's back in the country, just quietly had a wee trip to Taraiti. Absolute hot dog you are. Seeing that little photo flying in on your chopper. How good is that? And she's been good enough to jump on the phone with us this morning. Hey, Amelia. Hey, Izzy. How are you? Good, thank you. How was Tara Edie? Did you even play golf or just had a feed? (laughs) No, seriously, just went up for lunch, eh? Um, (laughs) It was unreal. (laughs) Oh, Um, that was... Yeah, no, the, it was an unreal experience. I actually just flew up to Auckland Saturday morning, went straight to the helipad. Um, nice wee trip, nice wee long lunch um, out in the clubhouse and flew back to Auckland that, that Arvo. So, uh, yeah, unreal experience. And then I've had the opportunity to play the course um, a couple of times before, but that was pretty cool. Nice. Well, how's it to be back in New Zealand? Are you enjoying being home? Yeah, it's great. Um, got home just over a week ago and just back for a, a quick reset. Um, I have seven weeks off in between uh, my last event of the season and final stage of Q school. So I thought I'd pop back and um, head back over middle of November. Hey, Amelia, talk to us about what point of uh, uh, where you're at your career because you made a pretty important putt a few weeks back, didn't you? I did. Um, yeah, it was a bit crazy. So on, on the Epsom Tour, you play all year and basically the top 10 um, on the money list at the end of the year earn their um, tour card onto the LPGA. And then the top 35 on the money list advance into um, final stage instead of having to play uh, the brutal two stages before that. So I uh, I was sitting at 38 starting the final week and I knew I needed probably a top 10 to uh, jump up into that top 35 and so crazy how you play all year but it can come down to I think what was a 12 footer on the last and managed to make that and 
snuck into the top 35 by $700. So, uh, yeah, it all came down to that part, to be fair. But <laughs> thank you. How, how were you standing over that part? Like, I'm thinking about it when I'm putting for double bogey and I'm nervous, you know. Like, how were you standing over that part? How do you control those nerves? Oh, honestly... You know, I don't really remember, to be fair. Um, I made a bit of a run on the back nine. I think I made four birdies in my last six holes. Um, I'd made a few putts similar distance coming in. Um, So I was just trying to do what I'd done all day. Um, And then at the end of the day, you can't really control whether it goes in or not. So I was just trying to put a good stroke on it and get it to the hole, obviously. Hey, hey, Melee, what about the financing side of it? It's not the easiest career to fund, is it? No, no, that's, yeah, for sure. It's a very expensive sport and out on tour you pay your way. Um, But I've been lucky enough to have um, a lot of amazing people back home in New Zealand that have supported me, um, especially just to get me on my feet this year, being my rookie year. you, You kind of start off the year with, not much in the bank before you've started playing. Um, and luckily I've gone out and made quite a, you know, a fair bit of money to help um, fund my year. But it's I've had a lot of uh, generous people from, you know, my club back home and, and Christchurch and also um, some very, very nice people up at Tower as well. So it's been great um, to be able to get back home and reconnect with, the people and my family um, before I try and get on to the LPGA, which has been my dream for, you know, since I was a little girl. So it's amazing that I've still got that opportunity. What's a great lesson you've, you've learned this year in your first year as a pro, Amelia? Oh, I think um, the biggest difference between, you know, this has been my first year um, competing week after week I think it's just, you know, those margins for errors out there compared to playing as an amateur. Um, I think you you drop one shot on on the tour and you're probably dropping about 20 places on the leaderboard. Um, so it's really just dialing into, you know, each and every shot and getting as much as you can get out of it um, no matter what. You, you don't really have any opportunity to switch off or... You know, you've got to give everything you can out there because, you know, I've, I've missed my fair share of cuts by, by one and I've also made them by one. Um, and, you know, you can jump up by, you know, 20, 20 shots or, or one shot around even. You know, that's four shots over a tournament. That's the difference between a top 20 or a top five um, or even a win, you know. So it's just really making sure that you're giving each shot everything everything you can and not, and not letting those little opportunities slip, slip away. Hey, guys, it's Louis here. Great to have you back in the country and on the show, mate. And, look, we, we speak to um, Sam Pinfold a wee bit, who caddies for Cam Smith, and one thing that he's kind of give us a bit of insight to is the team that they've built around Cam, including himself, but sports psych, physio, as well as his swing coaches. I guess without a huge amount of resource and doing it on limited funds, how have you, I know your cousin was on your bag for a long time, but how have you built your team and network around you and what support do you have to make sure you are dialed into every shot? Yeah, I mean, luckily I've, you know, I've grown up um, through the New Zealand golf program and have been able to kind of understand that, 
golf, yes, it's an individual sport, but it's not at the end of the day. You have to have um, a team around you. And I've, you know, I've worked with my psychologist back home in Christchurch since I was 12 or 13. I've got my trainer back here. My coach is actually based in the States and he was he was out at that last event with me. Um, and then also my cousin who's a head pro over in England, um, he's come out and caddied for me quite a bit this this year. So um, it's just, it's, it is a team sport and having people who have been with you since, you know, you're a little girl and they believe in you and have believed in you since um, you were that young, I think it's just really nice and you know that they're going to be there for you no matter what um, and they only want what's best for you. So um, I've definitely been able to build a team around me um, and have known the importance of that since since I've come up through the New Zealand golf program. So it's, uh, it's awesome having, you know, you are out there by yourself at the end of the day, but to have those people to fall back on and I think in New Zealand we have such amazing service providers as well. Um, I learned so much from them every single day, and they only pushed me to to be not only be a better golfer but a better person as well. Yeah, t- talk to us about this situation with New Zealand golf. This is a golden era. This is a golden era of New Zealand golf. There is there is no fluke that we are having the success, and you've touched on it briefly, the support that you've had from New Zealand golf and people around the country. Can you just dive into that a little bit more? Uh, what has New Zealand golf done for you to allow this, and how are we getting so much success at the moment in terms of golfers in New Zealand? Yeah, I think I've spoke to a lot of girls about this in, in America, and I think being from a small country where we do breed um, a lot of high-performance athletes. You know, like my psychologist, John Quinn, he's, he didn't really Quinny. work with many. Yeah, Quinny. He didn't really work with many golfers um, when I started off out with him. But, um, you know, he worked with a lot of Olympians, um, the Crusaders. And at the end of the day, I think professional athletes as a whole – there's common themes between you know like the support and the way of life and how we go about things so it doesn't necessarily need to be specialized in your certain sport but to have you know the access to these service providers because we are a small country um a lot of girls don't get that in the states um so I'm you know I'm very blessed that I've been able to be exposed to these people and this kind of knowledge at such a young age um, and Golf New Zealand have, you know, helped me out with that. And, of course, like, when you're 12 or 13, you're not really paying much attention to the mental side. You know, you're being told to do things and you don't really realise how important it is until you're out here, you know, living it. Um, But I think Golf New Zealand does an amazing job at, just getting us in with it um, at a mm. young age and then, you know, you have the access to these people um, once you actually get out there and realise, okay, this is this is definitely a big part of my sport, um, but not just your sport, you know, life in general. I think a lot of conversations that I have with Quinny is, are off course related as well, um, but it's just yep. about managing who you are which then you can go ahead and manage who you are as an athlete as well. 
Love it, love it, because I, I, everyone talks about when you're at that high-performance level, it's the ones that can cope mentally on the big stage. 90% is mental. Everyone's got the talent to be there, but they're there for a reason because they're bloody good at what they do. But it's the ones that can withstand the pressure and those vital moments that will overcome it. And Amelia, you are you are nailing those little areas, and I'm pretty sure they're going to pay off going forward. Just quickly before we let you go, we're going to talk about her, Lydia Coeda on the other week. And Kempi's starting to form a little theme here. We get guests on, and then they go on and win. We had Lydia on get two ready. weeks ago. She went on and won. So, Amelia, you're going to go on and win. Come on. Right on. <laughs> Come on, girls. <laughs> I'm glad that that's a theme because I could take a win right now at the end of the season. Don't sure worry. I'd it's coming. Join... <laughs> yeah, it'd be unreal to go on and join Lydia next year. But what she's done over the weekend, that's that's awesome stuff. And I think she's, well, she's leading the uh, CME Globe right now, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, she's first. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's on. Un- I oh, know she's, you know, she deserves everything that she can get. But to go and hopefully give her another Kiwi out on tour, and maybe give her a run at a few tournaments as well to have two Kiwis at the top of the leaderboard would be pretty cool. It'll be awesome, Melia. We're backing you here on SENZ. We appreciate you coming on, and uh, when you get home, just yeah, that driver's playing up again, so maybe just a little bit of a hand with that, please. It'll be much appreciated. Thank you so right much. Right, <laughs> Cheers, Izzy. No worries. Yes, yes. Billy Garvey. You're the best. Ah. You're the, how, ah. many, how many golf pros have you got helping you out your swing? About six that I can oh. count. <laughs> yeah, about seven, bro. And it doesn't help. It doesn't help. They all give me different things to work on. So my game, my brain, my, you know, someone who needs mental, you know, a little bit of help. As myself. Up there, I'm like, how does this go golf Quinny, ball mate. go straight? <laughs> go I don't know. Fucking for a session with Quinny. Now, I was lucky. I played I played a game with Amelia last year. and she We actually played together, and I apologise because I lost us the game, and yeah, we had to cough up about <laughs> 20 bucks. So I apologise for that. But uh, she's, she's a good chick, and she's flying at the moment. And that vital part, she's dead right. She's doing everything possible to get us to the next level. Hell of a story. Hopefully she can keep continue that. That journey, and, but it's not over. You think of Dan Hillier last year? That's right. Inches to gain his card, deflated at the end of the season, had to go and do it again. Now he's going to probably gain it. So, well, he's he's flying at the moment, so he's good. It's really similar stories because you heard Daniel when he told us about how the year earlier he probably didn't quite grasp how big every moment was, and that's exactly what Amelia's just said. And then you can you work a whole year, and all of a sudden everything it can be so unfair. It can all be boiled down to one part where you just read it by a <sighs> centimeter wrong. Like it's so cruel. But understanding that and then working with it and leaning into those moments like Meals did there. Um, it's it's really special to be able to, as an athlete, probably isolate yourself into that moment and just say, this is what this is, and I'm just going to putt this ball, and what happens, what happens. You know, what does Baz always say? Be where your feet are, the Gilbert Anoka situation. Yeah. It's it's not, I can't imagine it's easy to do, Kimby. Very focused. She's very focused, and she articulated the whole profession, uh, the high-performance professionalism of it all in and around that conversation about resilience, talent, and, and having that mental space to do it. You know, the best things that she um, she got to do this year was come on the breakfast show because we just sprinkled some dust on her, eh, Izzy? And she knows <laughs> but you, it. You th- <laughs> hey, so yeah, are we, we not stoppers me. anymore? Because I've backed in him nah. he's won. We're, we're yeah, not stoppers yeah, yeah. anymore. Change. No, mate. Changing the no, no, I, I brought that up yesterday on the show. I said to Izzy, I was sitting there on the weekend going, man, we actually spoke to that person, and then I was going through them all, 
And I was going, every time we've spoken to them, they've gone out and won. Winners win. <laughs> Yeah, good. I mean, what about look? What I love from that conversation, Kempi, is the pathways. How she touched on New Zealand golf and the genuine oh, pathways that they allow. Hundred thirty thousand registered members in New Zealand. The Huge, most ever. You think before COVID, it's double. Like this is a game that's become an inclusive for everyone. For everyone, you, you don't have to go out. Like someone asks you, why do you love golf, and how will you tell someone to get in golf? The the biggest struggle at the moment is pressure. Time pressure and pressure when you're on the golf course. You don't want to be slow. You don't want to be, you know, holding people up. So I just said, well, you don't have to go to the golf course. Just go to the driving range, hit some balls, get some confidence, go out there, play three holes, play four holes. You don't have to play nine or eighteen. Just give it a crack, and and then trying to include it with everyone. Gone are the days of golf being a sport for the rich and famous. You know, this is a game for everyone. And this is a game that's going to be inclusive for shapes. Anyone, anyone can go out and enjoy it. The um, we've got one coming up. Like even I'm going to dust off a few clubs. We've got one coming up at the Rimuru at a um, golf club. I think it is just hitting some balls up on the range here. Um, oh, the velocity range. Good, yeah, good Ke- spot. Cassie's Cassie here that's at ECNZ okay. has invited us up there to go and hit some balls one night with the club. So I'm like, ooh, I haven't done that for a while. Yeah, that's, well, that's the base of New Zealand golf, Kempi. So head down and, and have a chat to them. Tell them you're keen to sign up, mate. Dust off the Mizunos, Kempi. Uh, Dave says the Fox will win a major. Chris says you missed one. Young fella, up and comer, part time farmer, media man. <laughs> <laughs> Threw the old pigskin around. Is he dag? <laughs> Thank you, Chris. It's Had my chance. <laughs> Chant! <laughs> You'll be back again. 21 minutes past eight here with Kimmer Sweethouse. Great savings every day. Tonga leading Wales 16-6. Wales putting up a pretty good fight in the Rugby League World Cup pool game right now. Paul Mawadi. Yeah, Paulie. He's, He's back. back. <laughs> yes. Here with Kimmer Sweethouse. Great savings every day. This is a very special moment on a Tuesday. I didn't know this was going to happen. 25th of October, 2022, 27 minutes past 8 a.m., and he's returned. Returned wow. from, well, Thad had a had a child, a baby, on his time off. What did you do, Paulie Mwadi? Mm. Uh, oh, I had a, a birthday, a wedding, and a golf trip to sort out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Was it called The Hangover? <laughs> <laughs> how's your, how's your oh, golf game? Oh, it was rubbish. <laughs> yeah. Better than mine. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't that bad, no. <laughs> oh, Paul. Come on, Paul. Don't do that to him. You had a good, some good time off, though, mate. You've been watching the racing and following along with the spring? Yes, yeah, certainly have. Uh, well... There's been some huge performances by Kiwis over the last well, couple of weeks. Andrew Forsman, James McDonald, uh, Sharp and Smart on the weekend. Um, I, hopefully we'll see another Kiwi stand up this weekend on Derby Day, uh, Izzy. Have you done what I've asked you to do? I'm, I'm in the process. It, it, it takes a while, Izzy. Don't worry about that. <laughs> What? Okay. What's Thank he asked for? Are you, do you want like three dollar place odds or something? <laughs> <laughs> he knows. Yeah, just, Paulie yeah. knows. Yeah, watch the space, is he? Watch the space. Um, okay. However, today okay. there's plenty of NBA action, so uh, don't forget that. And we've taken uh, what is it? A three thousand dollar bet on James Harden to score over twenty two and a half points. 
in today's match between the Phillies and the Pacers. Of course, the Phillies off to a terrible uh, off to a terrible start, 0-3 to start the season. But this pundit thinks that James Harden is going to go off today. So 3,000 on James Harden to score over 22.5 points. And someone's also put a $2,500 double on the Celtics to beat the Bulls today and the Nuggets to beat the Blazers today. Uh, what was that? 2500 if successful, to return just a tick under 5500 So plenty of NBA action today. Um, punters getting stuck in. Paul, can I just get you to clarify one thing for me? Maybe it's tomorrow. Um, you'll let us know. There's a market on your website to make the playoffs. Now, I assume that's not the play-in game. Like, you have to... W- get through the play-in game. So what's that team seeded from 10 to 7, is it? Ten, yeah, the four teams that you have to qualify through that because I want to take the Los Angeles Lakers to miss the playoffs at $1.83 if that's not including the play-in. They are dreadful. They have no shooting and they have very little they can do apart from trade that West, that, their pick with that Westbrook and I don't know Ouch. if that can save them. It's pretty brutal, Izzy, I'm sorry. But Paul, can we just work out whether that's the play-in game or the playoffs? I'll be back with an answer tomorrow, Louis, but I believe it's probably to make the actual, the playoffs proper. Yeah, I'd suspect so too. All right, we'll have a look at that tomorrow. Thank you, Paulie. Yep. TAB.co.nz. Cheers, Paul. Gamble responsibly, R18. Yeah, they're bad, is he? I don't know if you've seen much of them. They are bad. <sighs> they can't shoot. What, what's their percentage from the outside? I think it was 10. What they, what they shoot, 6 out of 40? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, they're, Ridiculous, they're, mate. They're what is it like... Just too many egos, or LeBron James t- taking too much control? And there's the roster. Yeah. They've just built a terrible roster. It's horrible and roster. And Rob Palenka and, and LeBron have kind of done that together, and Jeannie Buss lost control of the team that she owns. It's pretty sad, really. Famous franchise, and then Westbrook. No one can just get through to them. But they just can't play them. It's just as simple as that. They just can't play them. Anyway, 29 away from 9. We could talk more hoops later on. We could talk some baseball this week as well, because, Kemper, you've been loving the MLB playoffs. This one here, morning men, apparently, you want me to read that? No, no, that's all right. We, we can get to that. We'll get to that after the news. Okay. I was saying you'd be loving the MLB playoffs. I am. Yes. Yes, I am. So got the, uh, we've got the Houston side the Astros up and the Phillies. the Phillies. The yeah. Astros and the Phillies. And it's going to be a good World Series. Can't wait to preview that later on in the week. 29 away from... Nine o'clock now. We'll talk some over in before the end of the show as well. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Twenty-six away from nine o'clock this morning. Oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. That's the Kennard's higher phone line. Come through and have your say. Kempi, that text from Dave. Morning, mate. Apparently the dingoes had been using sandpaper for a couple of years. Who will get sacked first, the Warriors coach or the new British Prime Minister? <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good bet. <laughs> I don't know. Look, I don't, I don't know. I think the, uh, they're both pretty short odds. <laughs> well, the, Dave also wants to know what the Tongans are doing. Well, they seem to have straightened themselves out eventually. You had an eye on that game? Yeah, I have. And, uh, no, they should have scored a couple of extra tries. It just... Overplaying their hand, the Tongans, and the thing about the Welsh boys is that they put their bodies on the line. It's amazing. This this is the best group by country mile. We've had a text here, Izzy, from someone on the Gold Coast. 
Chip on the GC, who reckons that he's got Pungo at 41s and 11s. Chip, are you talking? Are you sure you've got him for the right race? No, he hasn't. Surely not. Surely is not. A, is I know a future bet? It would have to be. It'd have to be a future. Yeah, I know there's futures on um, on other places, but um, it may be over in Australia. We don't know. But he would have had to have got I a, know, but a, like a week or tight night. Yeah. Surely he hasn't come out. Chip, please I tell me. I saw some odds yesterday. He's probably got them for the derby. <laughs> well, where do you sit on that? Where do you sit on that, Louie, about the TAB um, coming out last week and saying that we're yeah, what's that? going to try, yeah, cl- try and close the yeah. loop? Uh, yeah, right. That was it's a very good point. I wasn't here yesterday. Um, so that was Mick breaking that on Monday, uh, on Saturday morning. So we spoke about it to start the mail run. Look, I mean, it's going to upset a lot of people, but it's a no-brainer. I mean, it's an absolute no-brainer for the industry, for New Zealand, for NZ. Uh, TR like Bruce and the codes. This is we're talking about nearly seventy million dollars a year that could be injected back into the racing industry. So if you're so short sighted that you don't want it, you know you would rather use your Australian corporate account because you might get every once in a while inflated odds here and there, but you don't want to sustain the industry so you can punt in twenty thirty years time. Then I don't really know what to say to you. Like it's going to happen. There's a bit of work to do. The TAB could have never have tried this. They could never have even floated the idea with the way the product, their product was about a year ago. But the last 12 months under Mike Todd, they've made inc- incremental changes. And this is, look, you watch the text machine or blow up. People will come for me here. People, people, this is a, an emotive topic for people because they don't like the TAB and they want to punt via different platforms. I've been happy with the TAB lately. They've been providing and that's probably been the question mark before all of these changes is if you're going to provide a service, you've got to actually come to the party with a lot of options and they've been pretty scarce as of late but lately they've been all for the people and bringing out some great initiatives. So for me, I don't have no problem but you like the way that technology works, download a VPN, bang, tell yourself you're sure. in Australia, you can, you, can, you can there's ways around it so they're not going to be able to stop it everything but yeah, look, if they come to the party with a great service, I'm, I've got no problems with it. Yeah, like people will find ways around it, but for the most part, this will save the industry mil- tens of millions of dollars. It just makes sense. It makes total yeah. sense. It's a no-brainer for the for the codes and for the TAB themselves. They well, just and then to- that will go back into stakes, wouldn't it? That will go back into stakes. Infrastructure. And, and go back infrastructure and people, get our racing. And sport, you actually help you actually helping the community out too because a lot of the a lot of the TAB funding for uh, goes back into sport. You that's know, right. So in like the Rugby League World Cup at the moment, the NZRL are p- picking up plenty with everyone that's gambling on the World Cup because a, penage, a percentage of it has to go back to the sport. So you're actually looking after your own country. It's, that's exactly right. And the other thing that Mick made a clear point of, and this is people will get upset by this, but every other country does this already. If you're in Australia, you can't gamble on the New Zealand TAB, yeah, they just have multiple corporates, but the corporates aren't good for anybody. Like, And the reality is they will restrict you from getting on. New Zealand TAB was probably the only place in the world that has a $2,000 minimum bet rule. Punters promise. You can win $2,000 on any one bet, which is more than 99% of people ever going to win on a bet. So they couldn't do that until they put in Punters Promise because they're not restricting people from winning money. Right now they're doing good things and they had to start bucking yeah, their ideas I'm up. Yeah, them. 
So, yeah, but it will be a motive. Care, some people will hate it. Some people will hate it, and some people will... Well, we had texts on Saturday morning. You can't, that, you're telling me that you're going to take Countdown and New World out and make, make well, Countdown and Pack and Save out and say, we have to shop at New World. What do they do? They hike their prices. Well, <laughs> it's kind of apples and oranges, and at the end of the day, they've got to look after their backyard, and, and that's the industry because they need to create something sustainable. So I'm in, I'm in favour of it. Um, Izzy, this weekend, have you had any comms from Chris Waller? Like, what is a big race week? When are you expecting to hear? Like, how's the horse? When does he travel down? Do you know all that sort of thing? Yeah, track work Saturday, and the, the rider said he went enormous and he loves the Melbourne Cutway. So he had, he's had good preparation. He actually uh, made it to Melbourne yesterday. So got an update, he's, he's there, got on the float and travelled to Melbourne and uh, he's ready for the big weekend. And there's a message here heading over to Derby Day, boys, syndicate of eights, of eights. Some of the boys from Very Elegant, 46k in the pot will be a doozy. That is from <laughs> Fraze. Well, Fraze, Tim Barry actually owns part of Pungawalk, so he'll be there, Mark Carter. And if, so they'll be going over. We'll be there too with a, with a syndication group from Pungawalk. So I am... My dad's coming today, lads. We're going to pick up Papa Pete after this. So Papa Pete's on his way down to the south because he's got to look after the kids. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> good work. Oh, so he's, he's on babysit duty. Yeah, good. He's on babysit duty with mans. But, yeah, he's coming down to see his grandkids. Oh, Thanks, Dad. They'll love that. All right, let's um, let's round this off before we come back and talk some November. Joey's made the effort to give us a bell on the Kenards higher phone line. Joey, you've probably heard Kempe talk about Des Hasler. What do you reckon? Yeah, look, look, Des Hasler would be okay, uh, Kempe and the boys, but the problem is you won't get the Travorovich brothers. They won't come from Manly, especially Jake is probably going to be the captain of uh, Manly, and they're Manly, Manly through and through, and it, it's very hard to get them to come over after being in Manly all their lives and, and living and breathing Manly and playing for Manly. I don't think they would come over even if you got Hasler. I think the guy you, you possibly we possibly should get, and I've always said this, um, Kempe and Izzy and, and the boys, um, is Wayne Bennett. Now, Wayne Bennett's mm. coming off a contract and retiring as a coach um, at, in, in a year's time or two years, getting the Dolphins going. He's been with New Zealand Rugby League when he won the World Cup yeah, uh, with Stephen Kearney. And, he, and also, too, he's at an age where he could do the job that they, they tried to get full... full um, gold. Uh, yeah, full gold to do, Kimby, you know. And, 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 and say, also bring in, say, a Kiwi guy like maybe Stacey Jones or whatever and mentor him. Now, and he's got so much respect for New Zealand. New Zealand's got so much respect for Wayne Bennett, I think, for what he's done. Uh, with with New Zealand rugby, rugby, you know he'd be ideal, and I think he could change around the Warriors if this guy. We've got to give this guy um, a go at the moment. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. You know, like can he bring people? You know, if you did get Desi, can he bring people? I look. I think between the lines, I think the Trebojeviches are looking elsewhere anyway because there's a bit of. Um, banter going on between the players and it doesn't sound too good so maybe he can get him but well, I agree Wayne Bennett like if, when he steps out of that seat after next year it's going to be a pretty torrid year for the Dolphins up there um, in Redcliffe and and he's he's definitely going out and the Tongan coach has taken over as we all know um, will he come to New Zealand? Well I don't know I don't know if a, like a, he's heading towards his 80s whether or not he wants to spend some winters here 
and and at that age, I'm just thinking logically here. You know, he's in Brisbane. It's pretty pretty different climate. Yeah, I mean, it might be a bit of a stretch, but I like where he was at there, Joey. I like where he was at. Cheers, Joey. Seventeen away from nine. We're going to talk a bit of Movember. Just start to get the little brain muscles churning about what we might be able to do after this. And SENZ, not too far away to handing over to Ricardo, but stay with us for the end of the show. 12 minutes away from 9 o'clock this morning, lads, and Tonga are leading Wales 22-6. What are we? October. Well, Derby Day's coming up. Then it's Melbourne Cup. By the way, I just saw a video of J-Mac galloping Loft, the import, the the Raider down the Flemington Strait. Wowee. I'm on. Can gallop. <laughs> Can gallop. Um, and then it's New Zealand Cup week. So all of that means that it's November, which means that Movember, and you would have met the guys, Rob and the, the crew from Movember before, is he? They're just super dudes. And like this has grown strength to strength to strength year in, year out. And for good reason, because something we've been terrible at historically as blokes is talking about our health issues, mental, physical and otherwise, and just generally our well-being. So what they've done to normalise it, it's been a, a pretty epic um, momentum swing, I think, now that now Movember and speaking about it is actually something that you want to do because it's it's not that it's taboo at all. It's actually cool and it's fun, right? Yeah. Uh, look, it's, it's just one of those conversations that are hard as blokes. We're stubborn and... We don't like to show vulnerabilities, but I guess while we have this platform, we love to be vulnerable on this show and, and share our own struggles. And I've done that this year, and, and, and all I want to do is just help people, help people normalise it and understand that it's okay. It's okay to feel not feel right or, or you're having doubts and, and you're struggling, um, but it's not okay to, to hold it in and not talk about it and share it. So that's what we're here to do, and we're going to be um, doing some work with Movember and us taking on the drive show and having a little bit of a competition to create some awareness for it, uh, Louis and, and Kempi and the, and the crew. And, uh, look, the more we talk about it, the more we can just normalise it. And, yeah, I've met the, the boys from Movember. They do a fantastic job. And, uh, look, in, in all honesty, I'll go, I'll grow a horrible moustache. So if we can do anything about Not as bad uh, as Kempi's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to argue with that one. Yeah. Well, so uh, yeah, a, what are we doing? A month so what is, long enough. What, well, we've what have got, we got? Well, double eight, double three. Today and tomorrow, we've got a bit of time. Today and tomorrow, what do you? How this is going to work is on Thursdays, Kempi, We're going to challenge the drive show to do something, and it's probably not necessarily about growing a mo because that's a bit stiff on Kirsten, <laughs> Kim, and me and you and Kempi. <laughs> Beef is probably the only one that could actually do it. Uh, we we might do some movement because there's so many different ways you can actually contribute to the Movember. You can host a moment. You can move for Movember. So essentially on Thursdays, we are going to come up with a challenge for the drive show to do the week after. You can head to movember.co.nz or movember.com forward slash nz and search Team SENZ and you can donate to us along the way and make sure you hold us accountable and track our progress. But they're going to be coming up with some challenges for us on the Thursday for the week after. So we'll do one challenge per week, whether that might be physical, a certain amount of kilometres to walk or run or burpees to do or whatever. And we need to come up with some challenges for the drive show. So you got some stuff in my... Have you started scheming? Oh, I already have. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. And it's also, <laughs> I've got our boys in mind too. I think the um, the whole concept of it around mental health and, and physical health is great. So um, I've got I've got one, I've got, and I like the movement part. 
I think that's really good. I've actually got two, but I've got one that we don't even have to go anywhere. We're going to be doing it right here, and we're going to be doing it live. Right. That's, that is very enticing. Save that till tomorrow. Mm. Have a think. Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Just have a think. Start simmering away. What are some challenges you'd like us to lob out to the drive show? And vice versa. Just an awareness for Movember. Remember, if you search Team SCNZ or just SCNZ on the Movember site, you can follow along and hopefully we can raise a bit of cash. Um, I know Mark, the Hulk, was wanting us to do something around this and a lot of you will appreciate what we're doing here and, and want to help along the way. So if you've got the means, that'll be awesome. And we'll try to make sure that we do it justice. Movember.co.nz for all the information. We'll talk about it again tomorrow and moving forward. It's seven away from nine now. We'll wrap the show up with a couple of texts here. Hey, does Iz, Izzy, does Pungo like it wet? That's what Graham wants to know. Loves it. Well, <laughs> look, I don't know. His last one was he ran through the heavy ground at oh, he swam uh, through it. Warwick Farm. Swam through it really well, so I don't think see that as a problem. Oh, he's a swimmer, <sighs> mate. He's, he's <laughs> Moss Burmester. Is you kind of calm down? You Daniel Loader oh, loves. What's gout. the day? Tuesday. Come on, Thursday. Thursday. What? Are you having like well, a? Finish. Are you having like Thursday <laughs> drinks, like preparation drinks with Papa Pete? Nah, 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 nah. Because if you, oh, yeah, probably, mate. He, he, <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Thirsty yeah, old thing. <laughs> He's thirsty old thing. Who are you talking to? <laughs> Seven away from nine. Uh, big. Big week coming up for Daggy. Cam, I tell you what, love the idea of you catching up with you at Cup Week, but um, Mother's Milk, Waikato Draft, pull your dome in, mate. You're down there drinking spates. Pride of the South. <laughs> Six away from nine. Rick after this. Coming up to nine o'clock, we'll handball it across to Rick Dog. How good is it having Smithy, the doyen, on the uh, Fox Sport coverage as well? I know we've got the radio coverage here, but just seeing him on tally back in his rightful place, isn't it good? It's so good. And, and like hearing him not just in the New Zealand-Australia game, but hearing him in the India-Pakistan game. Dominating. I mean, it was superb. Superb. He's world class, eh? He genuinely is. What you got coming up today, mate? Well, actually, that ties in a little bit to uh, our Mount Rushmore. We're doing a Mount Rushmore of top athletes who have turned into top sportscasters. Oh. So who have you, who are your top four? Smithy, Izzy, Kempi, Beaver. <laughs> there you go. Look at that. It was easy. It was easy. Louis, Louis nailed it straight off the bat. Hey. We don't have to do it now. Is that a trick question? or <laughs> Kiwis or, or anyone? Anyone, mate. Can't anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I'm, I'm, looking, at, I'm looking at mine. And, oh, you know, I've got an American in there. I've got an Aussie in there. I've got a couple of Kiwis. Spinning it around a bit. Richie Benno? That's a great one. Oh, I'm gonna good call. She's not in mine, but yeah, it's, a, it's well, all generation. Mark Wall. <laughs> no, no, no. Or was it Shane Watson that when Trent Bolt came running in the other day said Tim Southey? <laughs> like called him Tim Southey as he ran in. I'm like, what are you looking at, buddy? Brad Haddon. Brad Haddon. Chuck him in that list. All right, lads. <laughs> How good. Have a good show, Rick Dog. Thanks, everyone. We'll be back tomorrow to rip into another day. Take care. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.